Welcome to Two Hearts in a Pod, where we make HR and accounting fun. fun. So this is episode five, and this is probably going to be the most trickiest so far, don't you think? Yes, but the most informative. Yes. Well, they've all been very informative. Come on, let's face it. Um, However, today we are going to discuss the difference from employee versus an independent contractor. And this is not just a 15, 20-minute podcast conversation, right? Right. These are just the basics. This is... we're going to cover here today are just the basics and how everyone should educate themselves around that topic because it's a very important topic. Oh, because this is the topic that gets... Small businesses, large businesses, I don't care what size business you are. A lot of trouble. Yeah, so much trouble. I I have to tell you, you've got to classify your folks right. So, Jossie, let's first share what the difference is between employee versus an independent contractor. Correct. Okay. You can start with employees and then I'll do the independent the, contractor. The, the, what's the difference? Okay. So listeners, take notes if you have to, because this is so, so important. Okay. I'm going to give you seven key points of what an employee and who an employee is. Okay. Number one, Working for someone else's business. Number two, they are paid hourly, salary, or by the piece. Three, uses the employer's materials, tools, and equipment. This includes anything, your cell phones from laptops to drills, okay? Four, typically works for only one employer. Side jobs don't count, okay? Like if someone's a part-time hostess or server or something, typically works for just one employer. Five, continuing the relationship with the employer. It's ongoing. Six, employer decides when and how the work will be performed. And lastly, the employer assigns the work to be performed. Yeah. So share the difference now what the the independent contractor. An independent contractor is an entrepreneur or someone that has their own business. They make their own schedules. They dedicate the time to work with different business owners, and they set their own pace, basically. They work with multiple clients. Usually their relationship is on a temporary basis until a project is completed. Or if you have a contract or you're a consultant, then that's an ongoing relationship. Independent contractors usually decide when and how the work will be performed. They are paid by project usually or the completion of that project so the relationship is usually temporary and it ends after a period of time they provide their own tools materials computers software 
They pay for it and they are not reimbursed by any client. And they decide what type of work they want to do or they will do. So that's very, very, very important. In short, independent contractors set their own hours. They set the rules or how and when the work will be done. So if you are trying to work with a contractor and that contractor has been with you for a couple of months and they're working on the same projects each and every time, you may have to switch that contractor to unemployee. Right. Unless they have a services agreement with a consultant like you and I, right, with Sourceland or HR by Karen, because we it's not project-based. We are their consultants, right? right. You're doing right. the bookkeeping. I'm, you know, it's not a one and done. I'm I'm consulting with yeah. employee relations. Yeah, I was right? talking, I was talking about independent contractors who don't have other clients who have worked for that one client right. for a long period of time right. doing every day the same thing and working on the same projects and you tell them when to come in, how to do the, the work and you provide those materials, possibly that individual contractor needs to be changed to an employee status. Right. Big trigger, big trigger. Yes. Um, and if you have questions, do the IRS right to control test. That's it's correct. that simple. And if you still have questions after that, contact us. <laughs> We're a phone call away, a text message away, an email away. Yeah. A short phone call is a lot easier than getting in trouble. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, listeners, do you understand how complicated this is already? Uh, it's kind of crazy, but it really is a difference. So we recommend that you assess each employee and how you have them positioned. So, right. Can you tell um, our audience how the right to control test works? Yes. So the right to control test has uh, a behavioral control, financial control, and the type of relationship. Okay. So with the behavioral control, the employer has the right to control how the person works, right? We already shared about that. So for example, when and where the person works, their equipment use, and the tasks performed. On the financial control, the questions you have to ask is, does the person have business expenses that are unreimbursed or reimbursed? Okay. You know, I, I mean, your independent contractor isn't handing you over his receipts for you know, gas or his tools, I'll tell you that much, right? That's correct. They uh, don't get those expenses reimbursed because they're independent contractors and they usually pay for all of their expenses. All of their expenses and, and their investments right. and in that, the equipment or tools. And that includes equipment, training, licenses, anything like that. Right. Now, with the type of relationship, the question to ask, is does the employee have a written contract? Okay, generally, we do not give employees written contracts, only independent contractors. 
Also, we don't provide our independent contractors paid benefits such as PTO, paid time off, or health insurance coverage. Right. And as I was saying before, there's a thin line between being an employee and being a contractor. So can you elaborate more a little bit on that? So, Jowsey, you know, it's not when you're going to get caught, right? It's how you will get caught. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That is correct. Not if. And And a lot of the mistakes that I see business owners make is that they try to save a little bit of money here and there. They hire independent contractors so that they don't have to pay their taxes. They don't have to pay for benefits. But then those employees are misclassified, and then the IRS gets you in trouble because of that. So usually how do business owners misclassify those um, employees and contractors, Karen? Yes. How they misclassify them sometimes is because they don't know. Okay? I agree. That they just don't know. Yeah, they don't do it out of malice. They just don't know. Most don't do it out of malice, okay? And some, you know, want to just make it simple and pay their employees a salary, right? So now we're getting into the non-exempt and exempt. (laughs) And so that's like a whole nother uh, story. That's next week when we talk about the exempt versus the non-exempt classification. But when you misclassify with the Department of Labor, I'm going to give you three examples. If, if a worker files a complaint, they have been misclassified with the DOL, which is the Department of Labor. Uh-oh. Trouble. Trouble. Another example, if a worker has been classified as an independent contractor and files for unemployment, oops. Someone's going to contact you to find out why he was misclassified or what happened, right? Maybe maybe you're in the right and you classified him correctly. Right. Right? But they will reach out to you and they will find out. And you got to prove it. Got to yeah. prove it. Or worse, they're injured while working and tries to file a worker's comp claim. Uh-oh. Guess what? That is when the DOL is going to came, come after you because you may not have been tagged, but this person's not an employee. It's an independent contractor who's trying to file workers' comp because he was just labeled incorrectly. That's now he correct. gets hurt. So it's like a big, oh, I know. Many, many, many times. So those are just some trouble alerts that when you misclassify, because there are some real large penalties, folks. So do the right thing. Let's make this easy. Classify everyone how they should be and save yourself some trouble. Something very, very important to remember for all those employers out there is that you cannot misclassify an employee, even if that employee agrees to be misclassified. Oh, right. It is still your responsibility to classify that employee correctly. Right. Absolutely. So here's a fact for you. An estimated 3.4 million employees are misclassified as independent contractors. 
What's the good news, listeners? The good news is you have help. In the summaries, you're going to find resources. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. To help guide you determine classification. So, So usually what happens if an employee is misclassified? Let's say you get caught. What happens? Okay. So the penalties. Well, there's three things. Was it unintentional? Was it intentional? Or was it flat-out fraudulent? Okay. There, if unintentional, it is a fine of about $50 for each Form W-2. All right. Plus. I mean, it's always plus, right? Uh, It's 1.5% of the wages or more. 40% of the FICA taxes not withheld, daily interest, and then the failure to pay the taxes on top of all that is another half percent of the unpaid tax liability for each month, up to 25%. Right. Okay. Now, if it's determined intentional or fraudulent, You better get the checkbook out and hope it doesn't bounce because you will be not only criminal penalties up to $1,000 per misclassification, you'll have prison and personally responsible for withholding the taxes. Yeah. So usually businesses are ordered, right, to pay back taxes, including income tax, social security, Medicare. Yes. All of those employer taxes that were never paid, they're usually ordered to pay them back. And that adds up. Oh, my goodness. Ching, 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 (laughs) ching, ching. It is crazy. So you all just do the right thing. Seriously. And if you have a question... Don't be afraid to ask the questions. I mean, you have resources. Call Jowsey. Call myself. We can help you how to classify and what's right or what's not and how to do it. That's correct. Stay informed. And this is basic for every business owner and very, very important. Yeah. So our goal here at Two Hearts in a Pod is to educate, educate, educate. Did you know that yesterday was Cinco de Mayo? Yes. I had so much fun. Ah! I made tacos, of course. Woo! I love tacos. What about the margaritas? <laughs> How many people you think called out today? <laughs> and today is also National Nurses Day. So thank you to all. What a couple of years they've had, huh? Yes. Shout out to all the nurses out there. It's also Military Spouse Appreciation Day. And as an ex-military spouse, I will say to me, it was the toughest job in the military. So before we head out, we want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Mother's Day. Day. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. To be, you know, a mother, that's really the toughest job. That is the toughest, <laughs> toughest job. That's a 24-hour job. Oh, yes. 24, seven days. It's yep. never ending. 
so we <laughs> are excited. Again, we already shared for next week's topic. We're going to do a little bit more uh, deep dive and properly classifying with our FLSA exempt versus non-exempt. So thank you again for joining us today. Two hearts in a pod where we make HR and accounting fun. Crush your week, everyone. See ya.